This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 499, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, July 26th, and Wednesday, August 2nd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 499. This is our comic reviews episode. For It's actually a double shot reviews episode as we take a look at comics that were released both on Wednesday, July 26th and Wednesday, August 2nd. Um, now, originally my intention for this episode, so I obviously I took a week off and I thought, okay, I'm going to hammer through a lot of comics. It's going to be a double-sized uh, reviews episode. We're going to talk about comics that came out in two different particular weeks. It's going to be great. Uh, then life happens uh, in Canada. We had a in Canada in Ontario. We had a civic holiday. Um, so instead of that actually happening, uh, that is not what happened. Instead, I did get a chance to read a couple books, but really it was maybe six books, three from each week. So this is going to be a pretty fast double shot reviews episode. Um, and this is going up on I guess what is it? Uh, I think today's today Wednesday or Thursday. I'm losing track of my days. I believe today's Wednesday. The I want to say 9th of August. Uh, so our big 500th episode slash uh, five-year podcast is coming out on the 12th. So this is the last episode before that. Um, I guess this is the second last episode that marks the, the half first half to 1,000, basically. Uh, episode 500 officially gets us almost halfway there, and then 501 starts the long march to 1,000. Uh, so let's talk about some comics then. So July 26th, um, let's talk about some of the books I'm not talking about. Um, or at least mention them. Uh, some of the books I did not get a chance to read include the following All Star Batman, Batgirl, Batman the Shadow number four, Batman Beyond, Ben Riley, Scarlet Spider number five. Oh, yeah, I forgot that came out. I'm really, really falling behind. Uh, Black Panther, Blue Beetle, Cable, Captain Mer- America, Sam Wilson, Captain America, Steve Rogers, Deadpool, Detective Comics, Edge of Venom Burst. Uh, finally, read issue number one. I liked it. Uh, I Am Groot, Iceman, Infamous Iron Man, Justice League of America, Moon Girl, and Devil Dinosaur, Occupy Avengers, Secret Empire, Spider Gwen, Star Wars, Doctor Afra. Uh, Suicide Squad. Did I really not read the seventh issue of Secret Empire? Guess not. Jeez, I'm, I'm man. I'm really falling behind. Um, Teen Titans, uh, Thanos, The Flash, Commandy Challenge, Mighty Captain Marvel, The Normals, Punisher, Unbelievable Gwenpool, uh, Weapon X, and Wonder Woman. That is a ton of stuff to not be reading. Um, all right. So those are the books I did not get a chance to read from July 26th. Uh, I did get to read three, though. I read Action Comics 984. Um, I dug this, although I thought it was it felt like a little open-ended, but I guess that's the point. Um, it's written by Dan Jurgens. Uh, the artwork in this particular issue is by Patrick Zerker. I continue to enjoy his uh, his take on the characters. I like to see in the negative zone here. Negative zone. Yeah, it's the Phantom Zone. Oh my god, what's wrong with me? Um, I like the fact that the Revenge Squad kind of had their shattering because it made sense. I like that Lois and um, uh, John get to, got to fight back against uh, the enemy. Uh, I did like that um, we got to see Ursa and the kid again. I thought that was an interesting touch. I'm excited to see where we go from here, especially with Zod, um, with uh, the Eradicator and his family by his side. Um, curious about what happens here with basically the, I guess it's Mr. Oz is the one with the scythe. I don't remember him having that, but I guess he is. Um, I like this issue. I thought it was pretty solid. Uh, it moved the plot lines along. Again, a little open-ended at the very end because I would have liked to have a little bit more of an actual ending uh, in terms of what happens with uh, the villains, but um, I'm okay with it. Uh, overall, I think I'm going to give it a, a 7. It was, it was a good issue. It wasn't the, wasn't the best thing. It didn't, write, didn't necessarily light everything on fire, but it was still good. 
Uh, next up is Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, 25, the extra size anniversary issue. Um, this is something about when uh, Vince Skyver does it that it really makes it feel like it matters. That's a really unfair thing to say, but he's been involved in some really seminal Green Lantern books, so when he's on the book, it makes me take notice. And his art and the coloring on his art just seems like it, it jumps out uh, in, a, in a special way and really feels important, feels big, feels exciting. Um, I thought this was pretty great. It's uh, The Long War with, by Robert Venditti and Ethan Van Skyver. Um, kind of an interesting way to go with the characters, uh, using the last few issues of really being able to drive a wedge between Ceramic and the rest of the Green Lanterns, and, and in a way that makes sense, and um, in a way that makes sense for her to be angry at Kyle. Um, I like what happens with um, Tomar 2. I thought it was really interesting as well. Um, excited to see what might, may or may not happen with Somar Lee. Um, uh, and yeah, no, I, I just thought that there was a lot of really interesting stuff here. Um, excited to see where it goes from here. I'm excited to have um, Sinestro back. Um, I thought this was extremely solid, a good anniversary issue. Well, anniversary, a good 25, um, 25th, 25, yeah, is a good 25th issue. Good God, that's wrong for me today. Uh, so I'm going to give it a, a eight and a half. I thought it was a solid read. Um, felt like it really paid off on developments from the last few issues uh, that have been percolating for a while. I like where it sets up the core in the Sinestro core, or, or the fractured Sinestro core, I should say. I thought this was really interesting. Next up, we have X-Men Blue, number eight, which I continue to enjoy. Now, this particular issue is by the creative team of... Just check that here. Uh, Colin Bunn, uh, over by Corey Smith and Joey Vasquez. Um, and I I like this. I thought it was, it was kind of cool. I, I like how Jimmy's being used in this team. Um, I liked seeing how um, Cyclops being abducted by Emma Fossey really didn't uh, enjoy that. Um, and, and kind of seeing the, the, those those characters kind of up against each other I thought was really interesting because she loves Scott so much now she's got the younger version of him and how she kind of feels about that uh, seeing how Havoc treats uh, Briar I thought was kind of interesting and seeing how Havoc continues to be used uh, I just thought this was um, maybe not a lot of forward progression in some areas but I thought it was a good character issue um, kind of seeing how different characters acted I did like the um, kind of spread of kind of the, the classic X-Men um, with like uh, classic versions of like Banshee and, and Gambit and uh, Cable and everyone kind of being used there. I really like the reveal that uh, Danger is actually the um, uh, the the plane that's been like kind of helping them, which I thought was a really cool concept. Uh, excited to see where we're gonna where we're gonna go with Alex versus uh, Lord of Dane. Um, I think Alex is a character who's oh, sorry should I say Havoc? It's a character that's been really underserved in the last few years because he was so interesting in Uncanny Avengers by Remender and then never really used that well after that and kind of like patched things up with his brother but in a really weird hasty way and it just feels like those characters had so many interesting stories to be told and then we never really got them on the level they should have been told. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this issue an eight though. I thought the artwork was actually very strong. Uh, it was a good, fun story. Uh, I, I thought even though maybe it didn't do a lot of progression in some areas, I thought it did have a lot of character work, and that I appreciate. Um, and I just realized I can't remember if I actually said how much what I would give the Green Lantern issue, but I'm gonna give it uh, an eight because I feel like I I missed something in terms of its actual uh, rating. So I feel like that might have been it. Um, 
And let's see, moving on, we have, well, that's it for, it for July 26th. Let's move to August 2nd. August 2nd, books that did not, did not get a chance to read. Some of the titles include Bane Conquest, Batman, Black Bolt, Champions, Cyborg, Darth Vader, Deathstroke, Green Arrow, Green Lanterns, uh, Hawkeye, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Justice League, Nick Fury, Nightwing, Robotech, Spider-Man, Deadpool, Spider-Man, Superman, The New God, Special, and Unstoppable Wasp. So what did I get a chance to read? Well, that's always a good question, and one I'd like to answer. Uh, only a couple books. Uh, first off, we have Avengers number 10, uh, which was... Uh, an interesting tale, very different. It's by Mark Wade and Mike Del Mundo. Um, basically, looking at now, this isn't one of the things where I think in trade this isn't going to go that well because it's a very much a, a book about what the Avengers team looks like in the Secret uh, Secret Empire uh, storyline. But uh, if you weren't reading that, this is going to be kind of a weird issue to kind of have. And if you read this like six years from now and you're just going through these issues and you're like, oh, what, whoa, what, what, when was this the team of Avengers? But I did think it was a, an interesting tale. And I thought Mike, Mark Wade does an amazing job. Uh, Mike Del Mundo's art uh, can be a little bit overpowering in terms of its uh, style at times, but I thought it worked for this kind of weird, creepy version of the Avengers, uh, how they are very, you know, fragmented, and uh, uh, Dr. Octopus being the leader of the team I thought was a really cool touch. Um, I'm actually going to give it an 8. I think it's one of those books, again, where context matters. So if you knew why these characters are a team and what's going on, then I think you'll get more out of this. Uh, if you were just kind of just jump in and read this one issue on its own, I don't necessarily think it would work or succeed as well. Uh, next up is Generations, and this is Banner Hulk and Totally Awesome Hulk, which seems to not be getting great reviews elsewhere. I actually kind of liked it, but I do think that... Um, the whole idea of this kind of vanishing point and that they get this gift and something happens. I guess my problem with this isn't so much the issue itself. Because so you got Totally Awesome Hulk and Banner Hulk having, a, having a, a team up and having a bit of a you know disagreement at times, but also end up going up against the army together. And it definitely plays on some very classic tropes uh, with regards to the Hulk and um, you know the nature of Banner and the nature of the Hulk itself. And uh, I thought it was kind of a fun done-in-one and seeing how the characters interacted. However, I guess my problem with it is that it felt like the point of the issue was to undermine part of what I loved about Total Awesome Hulk to begin with. So what I liked about the Total Awesome Hulk is that you have a Hulk, a character who traditionally is downtrodden, uh, having to deal with this you know tremendous power, this curse, um, not being able to control himself. You have all these kind of pathos that come out of that. And then you had Amadeus Cho, a character who's happy. Uh, he was happy to have the power, happy to be able to you know save people and, and fi- punch giant aliens or giant monsters. And you know, and like it was, it felt like it was a Hulk with a sense of humor and a sense of fun and whimsy. And we'd never really seen that before. And now at the end of this, if this if this is to be believed as what we're going to kind of go with the character, um, it's that he maybe feels different. Um, and that maybe it's not a gift, maybe it's a curse. And I just feel like that undercuts part of what I liked about Amadeus Cho and felt that it was something that made him different and, and, and stood him, made him different than just Banner. Like, there have been other Hulks or people who've turned into the Hulk in the past and in the multiverse, but what made Amadeus different was that he embraced it. Uh, he loved it. Uh, and it was a choice. That's also a big thing, too. All the other Hulks, it was kind of... They didn't have to choose that. He chose it to help Banner and to be able to do something positive with the Hulk energy. And uh, I just felt a little let down by that aspect. Otherwise, I thought it was a pretty solid issue by Greg Pak and Matteo Bufagni. Uh, I actually like Bufagni's art more here than I did on the recent stint on Amazing Spider-Man. So uh, I'm still going to give it an 8. I just... 
like the, the issue was fine. I actually enjoyed it. I a little light on substance in some ways, just because we don't really know where this takes place or how and when and what this vanishing point is. Uh, so that part it it lacks a little bit of context and to uh, to ground it a little. But otherwise, I do think it was entertaining. It's just the fact that it, at the very end they kind of were really trying to hammer home the idea that Amadeus has to maybe change his mindset and maybe this isn't a gift. That bugs me. Just because it was what I liked about setting him apart, making him different. Um, we have, you know, we've had years of Banner Hulk. We've had years of that style of Hulk. We have not had that long of a happy uh, Hulk who's, you know, happy for being able to do these things. Uh, next up, and I guess last up in this particular episode, we have X-Men Gold. This is issue number nine, uh, which I think when I first read it, I'd actually read it before the last chapter, uh, or issue number eight, because I've been so behind on stuff, so I just kind of didn't realize I'd missed an issue, which I don't know if that's good or bad. Uh, it's called Kitty Goes to Washington, part one, by Mark Guggenheim and Ken Lashley. Did like the art. I like that we're bringing back, um, what's his name, uh, Omega Red. Um, I like that someone's doing good work with trying to show Kitty and, uh, and Colossus kind of getting back together. Maybe it's overdone. Maybe it's something we don't need. Maybe the character's moved on from that. But I kind of like that, you know, you have that person in your life where, you know, you were so young when you first met, and you keep kind of coming back to each other, and it's almost like you can't help yourself. Uh, that I kind of like. Uh, it feels a little bit more accurate that there are people in your life that, especially in romantic relationships sometimes, and it's not always healthy, but, you know, you, you fall into certain patterns, or you're good friends, but you're, you've also been more, and whenever you kind of spend time together, it's really hard not to lean into that, because there is that history, there is that comfort level that you don't share with anyone else. So I kind of like that. The idea of having a romantic relationship between Kurt and Rachel, however, feels a little bit more forced to me. It doesn't feel as natural. Uh, it doesn't feel like something that's as earned, but I'm willing to see where they go, and I like the references to Excalibur um, and their time spent together, so that's kind of interesting. Um, we get in this issue, uh, I guess, Whiplash fighting against uh, Kitty and Colossus, which is kind of cool, too, because those are characters we don't always see together. Um, the political allegories and the idea of a deportation bill. Um, I'm not so sure how I feel about that element of the story, but they're definitely trying to make it more topical, make it more relevant. And it's hard to fault them for that, because X-Men have always thrived when you put them into situations like that. So overall, I'm going to give the issue an 8. I think it was good, it was entertaining, and it has some really good, solid character beats, and I think that's what Guggenheimer is really coming back to, is trying to uh, make you love the characters. Uh, X-Men is a sprawling franchise with tons of characters and tons of great plots, but... Uh, when when some people would say it was at its best was in Claremont was really establishing relationships and making it a superhero soap opera in, in many ways. Um, so I thought it was entertaining. So anyways, that's an eight. So uh, that's the end of the episode. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and also listen to us on Stitcher. Our next episode coming up tomorrow, August 12th, is our uh, fifth anniversary show or also the 500th episode so it's everything wrapped up in one um, so that is a fun episode coming up just uh, just in a, a few short hours or not that long from now and then uh, next week so I'm actually going away on vacation uh, tomorrow morning so um, I've actually I'm about to record the episode for the August 9th releases which at this moment means I've read two books so it's going to be the shortest episode I've had in quite some time um, and I always try to make them short these reviews episodes short but this is going to take the cake uh, anyways you can, as I said you can email me contact the show um, let us know how we're doing let us know if you
if you're enjoying something, if you want, uh, if you have any suggestions and things you'd like to see or hear on the show, uh, make sure to let me know and I'll do my best to integrate that. Uh, so thanks again for listening to this. This has been episode 499. Uh, next episode will be on the other side of 500. So we'll see you then. Uh, thank you so much for joining Comic Shenanigans and we'll catch you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>